listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Come on, how's everyone doing tonight? Fantastic, fantastic. Announcement, the men's was last night, so if you missed it, guys, too bad. We did it all last night, and we had a great night, those who were here. We had a wonderful time. Man, I'm excited about our church. I love what God's doing in our church and in the hearts and lives of just people. And and can I just share with you something? What's been taught here? I'm so glad that we're hearing from people that it's working in their lives. Derek and Julie were talking with me today and, and just how after church and left on Sunday, they, they went to do laundry at the laundromat and they had an opportunity to meet a young man and, and Derek was able just to talk with that young man and just to pray with that young man and God really touched that young man's heart and life and, and he said, hey, if you go to the church, I think someone would still be at the church and they could help you. He came to the church, David was here, David let him come in and David gave him a Bible and just loved on him some and and then and then mum came back and with with her son and everything and hey how exciting is this they are in the house tonight there they are right there we are honored to have you Come on, we've got to take the gospel to this world. I said, we've got to take the gospel. Derek said, man, pastor, I don't know what to say. And I said this, and I said, I said, man, it sounds to me like you knew what you were saying, amen. And so we just got to put it to work because there are people who are lost out there. I had the privilege last week to lead a young man to the Lord, went round his house and just to pray with him. I don't think there is any greater joy and satisfaction you will find in life than bringing someone to Christ. And that's an experience that every one of us needs to be living in. Because think about it. If every one of us has that experience once a year, our church doubles in size. That's how easy it is. And it's not about the numbers, but it's about the souls that we're impacting and reaching for eternity. And we just want you to be a part of it. Don't forget the backpacks at the back too. If you can grab one of those and take it and fill it. And we also know that there are those of you here who need backpacks already filled. And there is a list on that table. So if you need help for your children for school, please do not hesitate to go back there and write your name on the list because we are helping other organizations like grandparents raising grandchildren. But our first and our thrust always is the people of our own church. So if you have needs, we want to meet your needs too. So please get your name on that list. We can't read your mind. Put your name on that list and so we can get those reserved for you and we can give out those backpacks that will be given out August 6th. August 6th is going to be family day, the first Sunday of August. All the kids are going to be in together. We're going to have a great day and we're going to be praying over the kids' backpacks. We're going to ask all our kids to bring their backpacks in. We're going to be praying over all of our children as they get ready to go back to school. And just note 
just in advance, parents, they don't have to bring all their school supplies in their backpacks. <laughs> just, just saying. We had some kids last year. I mean, their backpacks weighed more than what they did. And they're like coming for prayer and that thing. Come on. If you want your pencils prayed over, we'll do that too. But we're just going to pray over backpacks. And don't forget, August 2nd, who was with us for the last Family Fun Day in the park? Wasn't that wonderful? Absolutely wonderful. And we're going to do that again. So instead of having church here, we're going to have church in the park. Is that cool? And how we're going to do church, we're not going to have praise and worship. We're going to hang out, have fun. We're going to have food. We're going to play games. We're going to have snowballs. It's just going to be wonderful and inflatable. It's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful night for the whole family. And that's going to be from five o'clock till eight o'clock. So we're just going to have three hours of fun. Is that cool? Three hours of fun, so you can come straight from work and just be a part of that. Well, I love our church, and I love what God is doing. I I just want to say this before I go into the Word. Um, You know, as we do during the month of July, we do random messages, if you want to say it that way, instead of a particular series. The best summer ever is what we're talking about. And I just really, God has just pricked my spirit with this, and I have to be obedient on this. On Sunday, we are talking about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be praying for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I know for some of you, you're like, man, I don't like that. I don't know about it. Come on Sunday. We're going to explain it. We're going to take you through it all. But we're also going to give you the opportunity to have the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm telling you right now, outside of salvation, the greatest gift as a pastor that I can introduce you to is the power of of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8, you will receive power, not when you go to the gym, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witness. We we need to be a witness to this world. And it's the Holy Spirit that wants to be inside of us. So come prayed up, come ready Sunday, come with an open heart and mind, because I know there's a lot of misrepresentation when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you this. Who wants the power of God in their life? Come on, who just wants the power of God? I mean, he's all powerful. Well, how does he give us that power? Through his Holy Spirit. But as soon as we say the Holy Spirit, people are like, man, I don't want that. Why? Because of how it's been packaged and how it's been presented. And we're just going to unpackage it and repackage it biblically and show you through the Word of God. So be ready. Who's ready for Sunday? Come along and we're going to have a great time in the house. Put your hand on your heart. We're going to pray for you tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for your goodness and mercy, just the strength that you are. And God, as we lay hands on ourselves tonight, we pray, God, open up our hearts to see, to hear, to be what you want us to be. And God, we ask that, God, you would touch us in a special way, that we would not leave here the same way in which we came in, but we would leave here changed and transformed in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen in the house. Come on, high-five three people around you. Say, did you get the invitation? Come on, did you get the invitation? Did you get the invitation? Please do not forget also on your phones, on the YouVersion app, on the YouVersion app on your phone, you can follow along with the preaching notes from tonight. So all of our preaching notes are now on your phone. If you go to the main page of YouVersion, bottom right-hand corner, there should be a button or an area where you press more. When you press on more, just like Oliver Twist, was it? More? 
and um, press more, and then it comes up events, click events, and then Heartsease Family Life Church live event will come up there. And if you're having problems with that, see Miss Nancy afterwards. And, and we've got to give a disclaimer. One of the scriptures on there is the spacing is messed up. And I just want you to know that was not Miss Nancy's fault. That's how the Bible gave it through the app. So I just wanted to make sure and clear that up. I said to Miss Nancy, I'll make sure I'm not going to throw you under the bus. So people think you don't know what you're doing. Come on, look at Miss Nancy and say, we know you know what you're doing. Amen. Amen. So the best summer ever. I'm going to talk tonight about your party invitation. Did you get the invitation? Every year... What I like to do is, and I encourage us as a church to do it together, I like to read the Bible through. I believe this year it's going to be the 26th or 27th time that I've been able to read the entirety of the Bible through in a year. And it's something that I don't brag about, but it's something that I'm proud of. Because I want the Word of God to be alive inside of me. And I use the YouVersion app actually every day in order to do that. And I do it two ways. I let it read to me while I read it. So it goes in through my eyes and through my ears because I'm stubborn sometimes and I need it to hit me twice. Amen. And, um, and so, so I do that. But what I like to do is I tend every year to change the version that I use. Last year I did New Living Translation. This year, I'm actually doing the Message Bible. Next year, I'll maybe do the NIV, something like that. So every year, I try to change up the versions. For what reason? Why? Because it kind of gives you a different viewpoint on the Word of God. Now, I know that different versions can be slightly different. They're not all good, okay? I will say this, the Bible's all good. But some of the virgins, some of the virgins, some of the versions... There you go. Help us, Jesus, in the house. Stretch your hands and say, touch him, Jesus. And I know some people get hung up on the different versions and they're like, man, if it's not the King James, it's not God. Well, the Bible wasn't originally written in the King James. It was originally written in Hebrew and Greek. So when you start looking at that, that was just the first translation of the Bible. Now, when you are picking a translation, there are actually three groupings of translations. There's those what are known word-by-word translations. There's those that are thought-by-thought, where they've taken a sentence or a paraphrase, or not a paraphrase, or a thought, and they've changed that. And then there are those that are paraphrased. Word-for-word would be King James, New King James, American Standard Version, something like that. Those that are thought-by-thought would be the NIV, the New Living Translation, stuff like that. And then the ones that are paraphrased is actually the Message Bible, okay? And, and there are others, I think, is, is it the Living Bible that may be the same way as that? But all these kind of things. But here's what I think. Here's my take on different versions. Okay, you ready? As long as you're reading the Bible. That's the most important thing to me. Because any Bible is better than no Bible at all. Some of the best messages that I've ever got are from reading my kids' Bible where it's just so simple, but yet it's so profound. And and sometimes just the simplicity of it to me has brought it. So what I would say is this, if you want a great version, we'll help you with that. You know, I I read from most of the time, and my study Bible I use is New King James. I like that. Um, I like the New Living Translation too. 
And, and so all these things are good. We, we, there are so many different ones. The ASV is very good, American Standard Version. Just so many things like that. But what I would say is this. Don't get so hung up on the version. Just make sure that you're reading the Word of God and, and just get it inside of you. And I said all that to say this. As I was reading the Message Bible, just this scripture just absolutely jumped out at me. I believe it was yesterday. And it was Psalms 15. And I had never seen it read or written like this before than what it was in the Message Bible. And I want to read it for you tonight. Psalms 15, 15, 1 through 5, which is actually the whole chapter. And it says, God, who gets invited to dinner at your place? I like that, huh? So God, who gets invited to dinner? Who gets to hang with you? And then it goes on to say, how do we get on your guest list? So God, how do I get invited to the dinner? Everyone seeing what we're talking about? How do I get invited to the dinner? The New Living Translation says it like this. Are you ready? It says, Who will worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? So it's really speaking about church and the life of church. But I like how the Message Bible breaks it down. That church is like a place where we come and hang out with God. So God, how can I get on the list? How can I hang out? In your presence. And it goes on to say this. Walk straight. Act right. Tell the truth. Don't hurt your friends. Don't blame your neighbor. Despise the despicable. Keep your word even when it costs you. Just making sure you're following with me tonight. Keep your word even if it costs you. Make an honest living and never take a bribe. What's the last part? You'll never get blacklisted if you live like this. God, how do I, how do I get to the party? How, how do I make it to what you, God, have for me? And the Bible says a whole list of things. And then it says, if you do these things pretty much, guess what? You'll never be excluded from the party. Isn't that what it says? You'll never be blacklisted, but you will always be invited. New Living Translation says such people will stand firm forever. One translation says such people will never be shaken. Another one says such people will never be moved. Do you know wishy-washy people? Do you know anyone like that? Maybe yourself. And I just think there needs to be some stability in our life. I think we need to just have some stickability in our life. And what we're going to look at tonight, I believe, is just a simple, practical word or a list that we need to go through every day in our lives and check and say, God, am I doing that? Am I being that? Because we discussed it on Sunday. How are we carrying ourselves is important because we now carry the presence, the ark of God. We are the ark, the temple of God. And now we carry the presence of God in our lives. So it's a simple message, but listen to me, simple in this way, easy for every one of us to do. Because that's the gospel. It's simple and doable for everyone. It's not simple in the fact of it's silly or foolish. Because people can say, oh, that's just so silly. That's just so simple. That's foolish. No, we're not talking about the word of God who's foolish. But what we are telling you is this, you'll be a fool not to do it. So we're looking at the simplicity of the gospel. So can we just go down the list? Okay, here we are. Let's start together. What's the first one? Walk straight. Walk 
straight. The New Living Translation says it this way, those who lead a blameless life. So the question tonight is this, are you a straight walker? How does the route of your life, if we were to map out the route of your life and where you've been today and everything you've done, what would your life look like? Now, I know you may say, well, I went to the store, I went to here. And we're not talking about location in that way, but we're talking about maybe your mind. If we were to route your mind right now, where would your mind be? Would your mind be here, there, everywhere, or would your mind be in the middle? What about your mouth? If we're to take a route of your mouth today, where would your mouth be? Can you see where we're going with all of this? Your decisions today. Where are your decisions? God says you've got to walk straight. And we've got to get to that place in our lives that we're trying the best that we can. Not that we're perfect. Don't get me wrong. But we've got to take control over our thoughts, our mouths, and our actions, and our decisions. Proverbs 4, 26 and 27 says this. Mark out a straight path for your feet. And stay on, notice this, the safe path. I told you last week I went trapping in Canada with a native Indian. And it was incredible. As long as I stood on the path that we were snowmobiling on, it was great. I stepped off. I went up to my armpits in snow. I'm telling you the truth. Because I didn't realize the snow that was that deep, but it was compacted on the pathway. There's a safety that we can have when we stay on the path, but so many of us want to wander. We want to get off track and we want to be in places we have no business to be. And that's why the Bible says, Proverbs 4.27, don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Now, what he's saying here, and incidentally, who's saying this is Solomon, Proverbs. Solomon wrote Proverbs. Solomon, the wisest man that has ever lived. So I think he could tell us a thing or two, okay? So what he's telling us is this. If we're going to mark out the straight path for our feet, he's talking more than just our feet. He's talking about us consecrating the desires that we have. Come on, we've got to concentrate our desires that will keep us on the right path. Come on, is this good or is this God? I I want God things, not just good things in my life. Come on, I've got to watch my affections. Are they leading me in the wrong direction? And he says this, here's what I've got to do. Because if you would read around these verses, he said, you've got to keep your eyes straight. You've got to keep looking ahead. And then he goes on to say, detours, come on, getting sidetracked is always going to lead to sin. I'm going to tell you something that's going to shock you today. You ready? There's distractions around you. Oh, what? Serious? I mean, you know that. How many distractions are there just around us? Just, I mean, you turn on the TV. Man, there is so much on the TV now that can distract you. Social media, a great tool that it is, but it can be distracting and damnable if you don't watch. So many distractions that are all around us. And God said, we've got to stay focused. We've got to keep our feet walking straight. I remember once as a, as a child, my parents were farmers when we grew up. And, and I used to love riding on the tractors with the guys on the farm. And, and I would sit there for hours and hours just watching them plowing the fields and just everything. I loved the smell of just the fresh soil and just everything. But I remember one day being with this guy, David, and I said to him, David, how do you get that line so straight? In, how, how do you make that furrow so straight? 
And I remember as a little boy, he told me, here's what you've got to do, Philip. You've got to find an object in front of you. And you've got to fix your glare and focus on that. And you just keep driving, looking at that. You don't look back and worry about what's happening behind. You just keep looking. And when you get to that place and you look back, you'll have a perfect line. And I've never forgot that because every time I cut the grass, I like straight lines when I cut the grass. I'm like watching, man. It worked great till I followed the cow in the field the other day. Amen. And it's just kind of watch what you're fixing your glare on. Amen. But fix it on something. But we've got to keep our eyes straight and don't look back. Matthew 7 also speaks about it from verse 13 and 14. It says, enter by the narrow gate. The King James Version says, enter by the straight gate. The straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. But narrow or straight is the gate and difficult or narrow is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Or even that way, maybe it's not the few that find it, it's the few that remain on it. So a lot of people have found Christ. But now they're off track. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Because there are distractions, because there's a broad way that looks great and appeals great and feels great. But that's not the way that God wants us to go. And we've got to stay on that track. And what we, the problem why we get swayed many times is not only with the distractions, but it's also because we begin to believe the lie that the enemy tells us. Well, living a Christian life is restricted. I mean, it's a list of do's and don'ts. That's what Christianity is. It's just this and that. And it's sad because the reason why people say that is because Christianity has been known for more lately on what we don't stand for instead of what we do believe. So we're looking now at what we do believe and the life that we have. And I thought about that. The Christian life is not a life of restrictions to me. It's a life of freedom and liberty. And I began to think about this. There is confining moments. I mean, I can't just do what I want to do and I've got to make the right decisions and choices. We all understand that. But I thought about a pressure washer. If in the right environment, the same amount of water can come out so much more powerful and accomplish so much more. Why? Because it's pushed through a smaller opening. And we can look and say, man, my life is restricted. Listen, your life is more powerful when you choose to live God's way. And we can look at it and say, oh, it's not good. I'm telling you, it's God. It's good. And, And we can be more powerful and accomplish so much more through what the world says is a limitation. If it's a limitation, I thank God for the limitations. I thank God for those because it's those that help keep me walking straight. Because the only times I get in trouble in life is when I deviate off the course. When I try and go and I allow my mind to wander or allow my mouth to run and to allow it to get off track. So if I'm going to be invited to the party, God says, first and foremost, you've got to walk straight. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, walk straight. Here's the second one. You ready? You've got to what? You've got to act right. You've got to act right. And just don't put on an act. Do it. Come on, do right. New Living Translation says, those who lead blameless lives and do what is right. You see, the problem isn't knowing what's right and wrong. Because most of us know what's right and wrong. 
The problem is whether we choose to do it or not. Oh, well, I don't want to do that. Well, if you don't want to do that, you're going to suffer the consequences. Because when you act right, you don't have to look over your shoulder all the time worrying about who's watching you. Come on, a guilty conscience, you're like looking around and stuff. Man, you act right. You don't have to be ashamed of the actions and of your life. Who's ever had this conversation? Who's got kids in the house? Who's ever had this conversation that's gone somewhere like this with your kids? You get so frustrated with them because they just don't listen. And finally you have a conversation that goes something like this. If only you would just listen to what I'm saying. I'm not trying to steer you wrong. I'm trying to steer you right. We would have peace. We wouldn't have to go through. Anyone? Am I reading your mail? Was I in your house today? Come on. And we go through this. All I'm trying to do is get you to live right. And I'm just trying to mold you. And I'm just trying to share. If you would just listen. You know how simple it would be if you just listen. Here's what I thought when I wrote down those thoughts. Why am I having that conversation with my kids? Because my parents had to have that conversation with me. And it's just the nature of man, isn't it? The nature that we have. It's so simple to do what's right. But yet we complicate our lives by doing what's wrong. Let me say that again. It's so simple to do what's right. But we complicate our lives through doing wrong. Oh, there's always temptation. But remember this, temptation is not the problem until you yield to it. Temptation itself is not wrong until you do it. And so, so what we've got to realize is there's always the temptation to do wrong. But while there's the opportunity to do wrong, there's still the ability to do right. And one of the key things I think that helped me in my life and still does to act right is watching the people that I associate my life with. Who's speaking into my life? Who's around me? Because I may be strong today, but I may have a weak moment tomorrow. And if I'm in in the wrong crowd when I'm having a weak moment, I'm going to do the wrong things. So I need to be around. I I remember growing up, all my cousins, we were all in church together. And I loved them because we we were mischievous and we had fun and we did. But we just didn't get into bad stuff. And if one of us wanted to do something or what, man, the other person slapped him or just grabbed him. It wasn't long before we set each other straight. And I'm telling you, that's the power of the right friends and the connections around you. It's key. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, what? Acknowledge Him. New Living Translation says, Seek His will in everything that you do. Okay? So, acknowledge Him and what's the promise? He shall direct your path. You see, the problem that we have so many times is we acknowledge everyone else except for Him. Let me explain that. We had a conversation with real men last night of a young man that's had a a history. Not a good history. Now with parents and grandparents and people around, there's a trust factor that's been lost. Everyone following me. Okay? He's trying to do right, but they're still waiting for him because they've seen all this before. Now, what's the problem is this. We've got to be careful that we're not acknowledging them to the fact that we're trying to do everything to please them 
But God says we've got to trust in Him and in all our ways we've got to acknowledge Him. So what we're saying is this. Don't try to please the people around you. Please God. Because in pleasing God, you'll please the people around you. But I'm telling you, in trying to please the people around you, you won't always please God. Because you put yourself under such a pressure to perform and to do that you fail to realize that Christianity is not about what you do. It's about what you be, you, what you are in your life. And when you get what you are right, you're a human being, not a human doing. So when you get the being part right, the doing part will follow. And so we've got to trust God. So if I want to do right, I've got to say, God, I want to acknowledge you. God, is this pleasing to you? Is this giving glory in everything I do? God, is this acknowledging you? And then that helps me because when I live a life like that, the promise is he'll make all my pathways straight, one translation says. And I'm telling you, you've got to be careful because the Bible says you'll reap what you sow. So you do right, a harvest is going to follow. You do wrong, a harvest is going to follow. And you determine which one you want by what you plant into the ground. And be reminded while you are planting those things, you don't always see immediate return. But Galatians 6, 9 reminds us, let us never grow weary while doing good. In other words, keep doing, keep going, keep being what God has called you to do because in due season, you are going to reap if you don't lose heart. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But come on, it's coming. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's coming. If I don't quit, if I don't quit what? If I don't quit doing right, I'm going to be okay. And so keep doing the right thing. Why? Because the right thing is still the best thing. Anyone with me tonight? Next one, tell the truth. Tell the truth. It goes on to say, speak the truth, New Living Translation says, from a sincere heart. No one likes a liar. No one can trust a liar. Here's another lesson for life. Are you ready? If you tell the truth, you won't have to worry what you said last time. Well, what story did I tell them? Oh, I've got to check. If you tell the truth, you're not going to have to worry what you said the last time. Why? Because the truth is still going to be the truth. My grandfather used to say this. He said, you know, there's only one thing worse than a thief. He said, it's a liar. Because he said, you can lock a thief up. Think about that. And so we've got to guard our mouths and watch. Anyone ever remember Laurel and Hardy? Laurel and Hardy are like my heroes. If you're like over 40, you remember Laurel and Hardy. If you don't, sorry, I've got some posters of them up in my office. And I love Laurel and Hardy. There was one particular series of Laurel and Hardy. They're kind of like Abbott and Costello, the Three Stooges, just a whole lot better. They were incredible. And there was one particular series episode they were on. They were part of a club called the Sons of the Desert. And they had a convention that the, the lodge was going to. And they wanted to go, but their wives wouldn't let them go. So what did they do? They faked the fact that one of them was sick. They went to the doctor and they planned it all out that the doctor said that they had to go on a cruise for their health. And he couldn't go on the cruise on his own, that his friend had to go with. So they concocted this great scheme of why they were going to go away. The wives felt sorry for a man. You can go, go, go. Well, the wives one day were out watching the movies while 
the husbands were out cruising. And back in those times, what used to happen is the movies, where now you get like 20 minutes of seeing stuff that you don't even care to see. What it used to be back then is they would show like the news or events that were happening around the world. So the wives are sitting in there eating their popcorn. And all of a sudden, the convention for the sons of the deserts comes up. And there's this big march. And here they are in the parade just going like this. Well, the wives see it. They're caught. They're had. So about a week later, they come home from their crew. And the wives are waiting in the separate houses and Hardy, who's the bigger guy, he came in and his wife asked him how the cruise was and how he was feeling. And he lied and he lied and he lied and he lied. She gave him every opportunity and he lied. And she hit him, I think, and he had this black eye and it just, it just wasn't a good situation. She threw something at him, you know, and it hit him in the eye and just everything. So he's like so mad. And then all of a sudden, just Laurel walks into his house and he's got on like this smoking coat and he's just smoking and he's just so happy and, and just everything. And he's like, well, what happened? And the whole meaning of the story was this. He couldn't understand why he got away with something and he didn't. But the whole thrust of it was this. Honesty is always the best policy. Because as soon as his wife looked at him, he went. And he just spilled all the beans. And he blamed it all on you know who. And what? But what I'm trying to say, and it's a long way around to get to that. But what I'm trying to say is this. Honesty is always the best policy. We can think we can deceive in people. But the reality is this, we can deceive all the people we want, but we're never going to deceive God. And so we've got to watch what we're saying. Always tell the truth. Matthew 5, 37, scriptures to back it up. It says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Come on, if it's not the whole truth, it's no truth at all. Well, it's just a white lie. It's just a little lie. If it's not the whole truth, It's no truth. There's not such a thing as a half-truth. It's either true or it's not. And may I add also that boasting and exaggeration, they are also a lie too. Are you with me? Next one. Don't hurt your friend or your neighbor. Don't hurt your friends or those around you. This is the scripture that's messed up, I think, on the app. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbor... Or speak evil of their friends. One of the greatest destructive weapons in friendship and with people around us is gossip. Gossip, gossip, gossip. And please notice how gossip is spelt. Gossip is spelt G-O-S-S-I-P. It's not spelt G-O-D-S-I-P. Because a lot of people think, well, I'm just going to take it to the church so they can pray about it. No, you're just gob sipping about it. You're sharing stuff with people under the auspice of we're going to pray and it's a God thing, but it's not. And if it's not God, it's definitely not good. Proverbs 17 verse 9 says, he who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. One thing I've realized and that is this, water always finds its own level. What do you mean by that, pastor? If everyone is coming to you and running their mouth and gossiping about everyone else, it's obviously because they know that you'll participate in it, that you'll entertain it, that you'll listen to it, that you'll input to it, that you will indulge in it. 
Now, I know there are exceptions to that rule. There are exceptions to every rule. But unfortunately, those exceptions are few and far between. And I like how Exodus 23 verse 1 tells us. It says, you shall not circulate a false report. Do not put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. And there's two best ways that we can end gossip. The two ways that we can end gossip is, number one, is this, that we don't listen to it. We don't entertain it. I don't want to hear it. It's enough. I mean, you can go and share that with whoever you want, but I don't want to hear that. And the, the best way, though, that we can deal with gossip is this, bring it to the light. Well, hey, I'm glad you mentioned that to me. If, if that's a problem that Judy's having, let's the three of us sit down and we'll just talk about it. Watch how people begin to wiggle out of it and say, well, no, that's not what I really said. That's not. As you bring something to the light, you expose the darkness of it. So if you're not going to entertain it, which you shouldn't, but you also, if you've already heard it, then say, hey, man, I'm glad you mentioned it to me because we can end it right now. Let, let's just go and see what's going on. And bring those things to the light. And one thing I will say is this. It's impossible to gossip about someone while you're praying for them. You start praying for them that God will help in that situation. And God will change their life. Because you see, hurt and blame through gossip can cause so much unnecessary problems and hurt in friendships and neighbors and people around. And also remember this, if they will talk to you, They're going to talk about you. So just learn all these things. Just lessons from... This is like Dr. Phil tonight, isn't it? Just Dr. Phil. Just take it going right there. The next one, despise the despicable. Despise the despicable. New Living Translation says those who despise flagrant sinners. And we've got to be careful of the context here because what the Bible's telling us here is not to hate those who do wrong doesn't say to shun those who are sinning but what we are to do is this we're to hate the sin of their life but we still look to pray for and to love the person you see what I really believe that the word of God is showing us here or what we can learn from this is what we call the law of association what is the law of association you get like the people that you hang around with so if you're in the wrong crowd and you're around the despicable, the flagrant sinners. You're going to find yourself in that state of mind. You're going to find yourself doing that. 1 Corinthians 15.33, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Look at this, Proverbs 6.27. Can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burnt? Now, if you read that actual chapter there, it's talking about an adulterous situation. But adultery or what? It's the same situation. You cannot take things that are wrong into your life and close to you without it hurting you and harming your life. And so you've got to watch. Watch what you are accepting. Watch what you are allowing close because it will impact and affect your life. Sometimes you've got to learn to love people from a distance. Learn to love people from a distance. We talked about that a few Wednesday nights ago, a couple of months. Remember, set the boundaries and love people from your side of the fence. They need to be on their side of the fence. Amos 3.3 says this, can two walk together unless they agree? You can't walk with someone unless you agree. And so watch who you're walking with. Be in agreement with those people. 
Those who are flagrant sinners, you know, those of you who have come out of, 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 type of a lifestyle where it's maybe addiction-based and stuff, I know your heart is to go back and win all your friends and keep praying for them. But you've got to be careful how you win them back to God because more than not, they're going to win you back to the world because they're going to pull you in. You can't go and do what they do. You can't be the designated driver. You can't be involved in those things. You need to stay away. You love them, but you now love them from a distance. Is that cool? Almost done. Come on, we've got to move forward. Keep your word even when it costs you. New Living Translation, verse 4. You keep your promises even when it hurts. Man, sometimes telling the truth and keeping your word does cost you. It does hurt. You know, it's not always easy, is it? It's not always easy. It's easy so many times just to lie and get off with it. But you've got to keep your word. Because I'm telling you right now, every one of us could probably give examples of how truth has cost us. Telling the truth has cost us something. But I'm telling you, the price we've paid for telling the truth is a whole lot less price than what we've paid for telling a lie. Be true to your word. Be true to your promises. If you said it, do it. And watch what you promise and say. It's amazing. If you've got kids here, you'll know what I'm talking about. Your kids will never forget what you promised them. But why is it that they forget to clean their room, but yet you tell them that every day, but you can tell them a promise once and they'll never forget that? What's up with that? Come on, what's up with that? So we need to say, I promise that you need to clean your room and then maybe they'll listen. But it's amazing. Watch what you say. Keep your word. Be true to your word. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable. One who speaks this way and goes this way. An hypocrisy life. Hypocrisy. Your words speak a different way to what your life lives. Come on, speak the truth. Even if it's going to cost you and even if it's going to hurt, it's going to be worth the price. Just got two more. You ready? Make an honest living. Make an honest living is the next one. What does that mean, Pastor? Get a job. Get a job. And I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm just trying to be biblical. Because the Bible tells us over and over again, if you are able, you need to be working. Because the Bible says those who don't work don't deserve to eat. And I don't mean that unkind. Please don't get that wrong. Because I know some people are unable to work. And if you are, thank God that we've got means provided through this nation to take care of people. But I'm telling you right now, welfare it has been abused. Social security has been abused. All these things has been abused by people. Why? Because of their laziness and their unwillingness to work. First Timothy 5 verse 8, you've gone quiet on me. But if anyone does not provide for his own, here's the word of God, if you don't provide for your own, especially for those of his household, He has denied the faith. Think about that. You are living against the faith. Your relation, you are going against the word of God for your life. And you are worse, the Bible says, than an unbeliever. And think about what the price an unbeliever has to pay. The price an unbeliever pays is an eternal or eternity lost and separated from God. That's an incredible price. And penalty that will pay. So don't be like that. And also, I will say this, make an honest living also means be honest with your dealings. Don't rip people off. 
Come on, don't lie, don't cheat, don't manipulate. Because here's the deal, you ready? If you lie, cheat, and manipulate, you are making man your provider and source and not God. Let me say that again. You're placing your faith in man instead of in God. Because God cannot honor disobedience. God cannot honor lying and cheating and stealing. So you have now made them that deal that you maybe got more money from because, man, I'm going to get as much as I can. If it's honest, then do it. If it's dishonest, do not do it. Let everyone else do it if they want to. But as for me and my house, Joshua said, we're going to serve, we're going to honor God in all my ways. I'm going to acknowledge Him. I'm on that. And the last one is this, never take a bribe. Never take a bribe. Never allow someone to manipulate you, cheat you, twist you. Don't find yourself living a lie. Because we're not just talking about speaking a lie, we're talking about living a lie too. So you want to go to the party? God says, you want to come out and hang out and have some dinner with me? Here's, here's, the, here's how you get invited to the party. So the question tonight is this. The invitation's been sent. The invitation's already been sent. Come on. It's already in your mailbox. Hopefully. I said, hopefully it's already in your mailbox. But you know one thing I love about God? The mail runs every day. Come on, it runs every day. Come on, even on Saturdays, even on Christmas, even on Sunday. The mail runs every day. So I'm so glad that maybe you missed it today. But you don't have to miss it tomorrow. And if you miss it tomorrow, you don't have to miss it the next day because that's His grace and His mercy is ever towards every one of us. And when we're talking about really the party, here's, here's the party that we're talking about. We're not talking about a birthday. We're not talking about an anniversary. It's not a baby shower. The party that God is really talking about is the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb is going to take place in heaven. And it's going to be for all of those who know God. And what a feast and what a celebration it's going to be. Jesus talks about this in parables many times about the wise and the foolish virgins who didn't make it into what? Into the wedding. To the feast. And come on, God wants every one of us to make it to heaven. God doesn't want any of us to miss out. You can bow your heads all over this place. I wonder today if God's speaking to any hearts and lives that you know that you're going to miss out. That you know that you're not where you need to be. I want to pray for you. First and foremost, let's get this right first because this is the most important. Is there anyone that's away from God? And God's just tugging at your heart right now and saying, just make it right, just make it right. Is there anyone right now that you just lift up your hand so I can just pray with you tonight? Is there anyone? Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. I wonder tonight if anyone would lift up their hand and say, Pastor, you know what? One of those things, I don't even know how many there were. Was it eight or something? Seven, eight? Come on, who's going to lift up their hand and say at least one of those things? I've got some work to do. Come on, I've got some work to do. I want to make it to the party. I want to, I want to be included in. Come on, I want to be in your hands. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray for everyone tonight. God, I just pray that, God, you would help us. God, for some of us, the lying tongue. God, we, we, we need a heart change because the Bible says out of the abundance of our mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, our mouth speaks. And God, so it's not a mouth problem, it's a heart problem. And God, we need you to change our heart. Maybe for some of us, God, we'll, we'll, we'll walk in every which way we should go instead of the straight path and keeping our focus on God. And God, we pray tonight that you would help us to keep our eyes fixed and gazed on you. God, that we would help us, God, that that in everything that we do, God, that we wouldn't be taking bribes. We'd be making that honest living. God, we wouldn't be gossiping and hurting those around us. We would not try to befriend all those who are lost in sin. But God, we would just be loving them from the distance, protecting ourselves. God, we would be acting right. God, I'm tired of acting a fool. God, I want to be what you've called me to be. And dear Jesus, right now, I just pray for everyone, God, in this place. God, that you would so touch us, touch our hearts, touch our lives, God. And God, we'll make a change. We'll make a change to be what you've called us to be. We love you in Jesus' name. like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.